Is Missouri now considered one of the new NIL schools? Well, if my discussion with Brian Smith is any indication, the answer might be yes. So let's talk about that. Ryan Wingo, Williams Nowerny, Jeremiah McClellan, and more coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever, wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube and the SiriusXM app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of the SiriusXM app, If you want to check out the Royals, the Cardinals, go to your app, search for Royals, search for Cardinals. It truly is as simple as that to listen to baseball virtually anywhere in the world in 2023. So what a beautiful world it is. And what a a beautiful world it is that we have Missouri football coming up. It's truly starting at this point. Fall camp officially underway. Missouri has its first practice under its belt, and you know what? We will get to a couple notes here in just a little bit, including new quarterback Jabari Johnson was sort of the talk of camp on day one, perhaps. Maybe his lack of size is a little bit of a talk right now. Plus, a guy I haven't talked about enough, but first I want to get to Brian Smith because we're going to talk recruiting, just tons of Missouri recruiting news lately. So you know what? Without further ado, let's get to me and Brian. Well, I have a question for you on that. How attractive would you say, in your opinion, Missouri's NIL package is compared to some other schools? That's a good question. I, I don't really know. Um, I would think they would be pretty attractive for sure. I think they're at least in the same ballpark as as Oklahoma, for instance. What I've heard, you know, williams Nawarney in particular, it sounds like it's probably down to Missouri and Oklahoma. And of course, Missouri does have some somewhat favorable NIL laws where like if when Nawarney or, or Wingo, whoever any of these in-state guys are, if they sign a letter of intent, in theory, that day they can start getting NIL then it's while still oh, okay. in high school. So that that is kind of an advantage for Missouri. I'm wondering if maybe that is why there's momentum. Do, do you have anything uh, uh, on that otherwise, Brian? We are rolling here, by the way. Um it's pretty interesting because every state is different and the NCA is in a very precarious situation because they don't like what's going on. And like, I don't know if you've read Texas is NIL, but they're trying to make it so they can do whatever they want. And they're not allowed to get by away. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So I'm always kind of curious about each state, what they're trying to do, because like, just as an example, Wingo, if, if he doesn't get paid, he ain't going. That's pretty much the way I, cause I know the schools that are really into it. His list is the NIL schools, period. So I I don't ever want to pick where that kid's going because there could be a different offer on signing day. I'm going to find out when you find out. Sure. (laughs) So I don't know about McClellan's situation. I've heard Ohio State forever for him, but he keeps visiting different schools. So he's another hard one. And then Winery is the kid that doesn't really talk to anybody, but he's always been linked to Oklahoma and it's because their D-line staff is tremendous at recruiting. And they, they desperately need D-line. They are not in a good way <laughs> up front. So 
I don't know, like Georgia and Missouri and Oregon and Oklahoma are the four I've consistently heard with Winery. And I never like betting against Kirby Smart for a defensive recruit ever, 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 ever. Right. Because they just beat everybody for it. They just always win. And they're not afraid to spend money, if you know what I mean. So we'll see. But I'm I'm just curious, like, because I don't follow Missouri close enough. How much are they going to pony up for one of these star kids? Is it just a collective trying to get a couple of key guys? Like, that's what Dante Moore got when he went to UCLA. They're not an NIL school, but he got NIL. So there's so many caveats. It's really, really hard to figure out. Well, one thing I'll say, it's very obvious, you know, of course, for the most part, all the numbers that are thrown around like, oh, this guy's making X, Y, or Z. Nobody can really confirm that unless the guy actually comes out and says what he's making as far as I can tell. But what I will say is it's very obvious that Luther Burden has done very well, another St. Louis area receiver. So I think maybe Jeremiah McClellan and Ryan Wingo, and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, although probably he's noticing till Williams Nawarney, since he's not also a receiver. Well, I mean, I think that'd be opening up my eyes for sure like oh this guy's got like his own chips and he's got his own literal potato chips and he's got you know cool. uh, deals with <laughs> emo's pizza which is a big brand in st louis i'm sure you're probably familiar with brian and you know so he's done very well car dealerships the whole deal so there's a lot of opportunity out there for sure and you know from my perspective i actually kind of like the strategy if you're missouri hey let's throw you know all the nil we can and maybe just a few big time kind of five-star guys that are local because those are maybe more likely to hit. And if you spread it out too much, you might not have enough for the stars. What do you think about that? I agree. If you're not going to be kind of like, like Oregon has Mr. Nike backing them, you can never compete with that. Right. There's there's no way there's just, I mean, Phil Knight is his net worth, what, $20 billion. So if you want to compete with that, you've got to be selective as you noted and you got to do your due diligence by getting these kids on campus. Missouri has done that. Their staff from everything I've learned, have, you know, they can, you still have to recruit. Regardless of money, nobody's going to send their kids somewhere. They're like, man, that guy's a scumbag. I don't want my kid around him. They're not going to care what the check says. So you still got to recruit. And then you got to look at it from different perspectives. Number one, St. Louis, what is it to Columbia? An hour and 20 minutes, you know, yeah, hour and 50 minutes. Hour and 45, like, something like that. Yeah. It's the perfect happy medium for a kid. You're away from mom. You don't necessarily tell her that, but you can get home to see her too. <laughs> right. It's, it's, that's just the way it is. So yeah, Missouri's got something to sell to these kids. And that state, man, Missouri is really good per capita. It's one of the best in the country. They just don't stay home very much. And I'm sure they're trying to figure it out. And maybe, maybe the NIL thing is the way they do it. Yeah, Missouri does do pretty well per capita. The problem is some of the schools they're competing with do even better, like Louisiana, Georgia, you know, those school, Florida, those schools in the deep south, of course. But, you know, one thing you said earlier I thought was interesting, I kind of wanted to get back to for a second. You mentioned that basically everybody Ryan Wingo is involved with is the NIL schools, as you called it. Well, so Texas obviously is an NIL school, in your opinion. Missouri maybe is, too. Is that is that fair? And and who who else would be? I guess is my main question. The main the main schools that everybody knows in my industry that are paying Oregon, Texas, Texas A and M, Miami, Tennessee. If you're involved in a recruitment and those schools are in it, and you're not paying up front, you're in deep trouble. Well, That's interestingly, Nawarney, yeah, Tennessee definitely got Nawarney on campus. I think 
I, if I'm, I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's definitely in their his the last four or five there. So yeah, another NIL school there. So yeah, Missouri fans, I guess we're gonna have to start shelling out the big bucks even beyond our season tickets at this point. That seems to be reality. But that's that's what it is, really. I mean, it's if you don't have a collective, you have no shot. Yeah, you have no shot. Yeah, especially if you're if you're at this level, but you're not the true blue blood, right? But you know, while I have you here, Brian, what we've been talking about all these guys, I'm curious. Just, I kind of want to get your quick take on all three of these young men here, really, really quickly. Let, let's actually start with Williams Nawarney, since it sounds like he's going to make his decision here, maybe in the next couple, few weeks or something like that, in that month of August. It sounds like. Well, what's your take on the defensive lineman there from Lee Summit? I think the biggest thing with him is his flexibility. He can play defensive end, and he's give or take 250 right now. But even at his single gain weight, he's a kid that can play D-end at 275 because he's so freakishly athletic, and he can go back and forth. When you can maneuver kids from play to play and the other team doesn't know where they're going to be on third and six, that's a nightmare. But that's also why Georgia wants him, Oregon wants him, Texas A&M. And all. He, he doesn't have a school that didn't offer him. You know, that, that matters. And that's why he's the rarest of the rare. He has all the length. He has the size and he has position flexibility. He's a tremendous prospect and about as close to can't miss as you can get barring injury. How about Ryan Wingo? Of course, the receiver from St. Louis. Speed personified. Uh, the first time I saw Ryan, I, I didn't even know it was him. It was at a tournament in New Orleans and he was just going out for a route. You know, he's a big bodied kid. And he runs by guys that are 20, 30 pounds lighter than him, like they're standing still. And I asked one of the kids that I knew, I'm like, who the hell is that? And he told me it's Ryan. I'm like, oh, that's the kid from St. Louis. I knew he was a track kid. But once you see it with your eyes, it's like, holy cow. I mean, you if you play bump coverage or anything aggressive with him and you miss, it's touchdown. Right. So, and he's a legit 6'2 kid. Usually guys with that kind of speed are 5'9", five, 5'10". He is over six foot by mile, and he has explosiveness out of his stance. He has top end speed. He just needs to learn how to run routes and be consistent and keep keep with his craft. But he has NFL talent. You you cannot teach the physical traits that young man has. Yeah, at six two, that's certainly plenty of size. I think a lot of times people think, oh, oh six yeah. four, six five is an outside receiver. But if you have that kind of game breaking speed, six two is plenty oh, big. I matter. mean, you think about the size of cornerbacks sure. in general. I mean, if you're six foot as a corner, that that's pretty pretty darn tall. So yeah, that's that's a, that's good to hear for sure about Wingo. Now, what about Jeremiah McClellan? I know you're you're familiar of the with very familiar with the yeah. CBC product as well. He's another kid that's a track kind of guy, could play slot, could play outside, a little shiftier, if you will, than Wingo, but he's not quite as big, but he's just a playmaker. He's the guy that will annoy you to death on a look screen or a bubble screen, make three guys miss and score. But then if you try to play over aggressive again, over the top. So he's the guy that's very annoying and you can move him around kind of like with Winery. You don't know where he's going to be. McClellan can play multiple spots. Jet sweeps and the speed again. It's kind of like one of those deals where you know what's coming. Now, how are you going to stop it? Right. It's just either you have something to match that or you don't. It's it's just like I'm not a wide receiver coach, but he can make me look good. That's that's just as simple as it gets. At receiver, man, there's a very fine line because you only got one guy out there trying to cover him. 
There's there's no help. And that's why the receivers are so much more valuable than they used to be with everybody throwing the ball now. You get a right. stud receiver, and he can just completely – look at like Burden, even when he wasn't getting the ball a ton last year for Mizzou, some of the other guys were going – because they were getting single coverage. They're killing people. Right. So it's part of the game. You've got to have multiple pieces that are very difficult to match up with. And coming up on the show, Tristan Newson, a community college transfer at linebacker, has apparently been turning some heads all off season. And you know what? I haven't given him his flowers yet. So we got to talk about that young man. Plus, Jabari Johnson, maybe not quite as tall as some people were expecting today. That was the report from Missouri's first fall practice. Well, ultimately, I don't think that's very big, much of a big deal. And I want to tell you why. But first, for a championship team, you know what? It's all about having the right fit in life. We as sports fans all know that. And it's all about having the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just perfectly. So the next time you need parts and accessories, go to eBay Motors. Because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time. So just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know for sure that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is key. And when you shop at eBay Motors, that's exactly what you get. So with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the in the game in no time because after all, it's easy to get that big win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you everydayers on the next program. I want to talk about how I haven't gotten my flowers enough from last season for actually crushing it over and over again by hammering the Mizzou unders all season. The point totals, ah, thank you, Missouri defense, very much for that. But in all seriousness, folks, one of the reasons I haven't been talking about Tristan Newson, well, really at all that I can think of during this offseason, is because Missouri is very solid at linebacker right now. It sure seems like Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper going to be taking the lion's share of the snaps at that position, but perhaps I was wrong to overlook Tristan Newson. The word is that he's really been turning a lot of heads at the coaching staff and the observers at practice so far, and at six foot two. At 225 pounds, he certainly fits the profile size-wise of what Missouri wants at that position these days. At least you look at Nicholas Rodriguez, who Missouri recruited recently, the four-star product from Florida. Well, he definitely looked like a good sideline-to-sideline -side speed guy to me on film. Tristan Newson, reportedly a similar type of profile there, the kid from Northeast Mississippi Community College. So looks like that newcomer for the Tigers Looks like they really may have found something there. At least that's the word on the street. I have not seen him play yet, but I did absolutely want to bring him up. No doubt about that. And along with Newsom being a, a standout during the, during the offseason so far, one of the big talking points I noticed after the first day of practice is that Jabari Johnson, Missouri's the true freshman quarterback 
former four-star type prospect. Well, he's quite a bit smaller than I think people were expecting. He was listed at six feet, one inches tall coming out of high school, but guys are saying, well, he looks more like 5'10", maybe, at best. And, well, obviously in a perfect world, yeah, he'd be six foot four, I suppose, with the exact same a type of ability to run around. But apparently the, the escapability is there with Jabari Johnson. Now, obviously, we don't know what kind of player he's going to be yet, so I don't want anybody to go crazy with the next two comparisons I'm going to make here because obviously Bryce Young, number one, very recently has been a excellent quarterback, a Heisman Trophy winner, guys, the number one overall pick in the draft. We'll see how it goes for him in the NFL. Chase Daniel, a guy who had an incredible college career at Missouri, maybe the greatest of all time as a quarterback at this school, I would say it was. And well, I think his size did hinder him in the NFL. Maybe it will for Bryce Young too. Now again, not saying that Jabari Johnson is going to be either one of those guys in college, but if he's not those guys, it's not because he's too small. I definitely believe that size can hinder you at the pro level, without a doubt. But to me, especially in the spread offense era, in an era where you can't hit the quarterback as hard when everybody's spread out so much, and of course college defenses are just not going to ever be quite as complicated as the NFL defenses, to say the least. So I, I do just think it's much more about processing information quickly, getting the ball out quickly out of your hands. Again, would it be better if Jabari Johnson was six foot one? Sure, he'd have a little bit better vision over over the over the top of his line, over the top of the defense, all that good stuff. But ultimately, I don't know. Some people seem to be perturbed and worried about it. I'm just not gnashing my teeth about this one at this point. It doesn't worry me whatsoever. Again, it's going to be much more about the intangibles with Johnson than the physical part because I think he's got most of the physical parts that you want for a guy that size. And Coming up, obviously I'm going to be talking about a ton of football over the next few weeks and months, but i got to sneak in some basketball here at the end of the show, because quite honestly, I think Dennis Gates is going to be a star. And he already is a star, quite honestly. And I want to delve more deeply into that with an interesting quote that I thought Dennis Gates had last week, coming up after these quick words. So this is a quote, a quote, excuse me, from Dennis Gates that was floated just this past week. So stick with me here for a minute. He says, quote, development is an important part in our program, being able to have guys prepared. Last year at this time, you have to understand, Kobe Brown got feedback of not being drafted. Demoy Hodge did not know his future. Dre Golston, same thing. Trago Million, the same. Ben Sternberg, the same. What a difference a year makes in our program, not only for our former players, but also for players that are deciding on possibly being Mizzou Tigers. What separates us is our player development program and our, also our ability to take guys through the process. What greater data out there than to see these guys be successful in the summer league? I thought Demoy Hodge's success and Kobe Brown's success validated that player development, validated where and what we've been able to do in less than a year's time. 
Well, I can't. I couldn't agree more with that statement. And certainly, Gates is focusing on development there, which I agree is extremely, extremely important. But I also think that Dennis Gates has an eye for talent as well. I, if I were him, I wouldn't sell my sh- myself short there because the evaluation part of the process is arguably even more important than development. Because if you don't. If you don't have the right eye for talent to get the guys and develop them into the players that you want them to be, well, how good is your development ultimately? I don't know, a chicken or the egg part of it. Uh, argument there, I suppose. But regardless, both ends of that are extremely important. And, and again, I think he gets both of them. And his recruiting history, history is what leads me to believe that. Whether it has been at Florida State as an assistant or at Cleveland State in Missouri as a head coach so so far just everything tells me that this guy gets every level of basketball including as he alluded to there a little bit the data part of modern basketball but the guy also includes and understands the human element of it to me too he's done a great job of apparently reaching out to all the former Missouri coaches that are living tons of former players all that good stuff and and here's the thing when it comes to evaluation, the a part of that, well, here's my eval of Dennis Gates. I think the guy is an absolute star. And here's my point in saying that I think that, because that's just not something I say very often about a coach. It's something I've really never said about a Missouri coach. I never even said that about Gary Pinkle. Now, maybe I should have in retrospect, but I'll just tell you this. As a sports fan, and certainly as a a five-day-a-week podcaster, well, you're going to get some evaluations right, and you're going to get some wrong. No No doubt about that. But I'll just say from my experience, and I think most fans are pretty good at identifying the true superstars of football and basketball early on. I mean, I can just remember seeing LeBron James play one game in basketball and going, oh, that's what this is? Okay, yeah, he's going to be one of the all-time greats. It took me watching him about a quarter and a half in high school before I realized, oh my God, this guy's something special. Same thing when I went back and watched Patrick Mahomes' highlights from Texas Tech after the Chiefs drafted him. I was kind of in disbelief in what I was seeing. But ironically, though, probably one of the worst calls I made, just for the record, Jalen Hurts, who, of course, played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this past year. So my maybe my best football call at the quarterback position and worst, at least of the past few years anyway, all in the same Super Bowl. But Regardless, I I don't really go out on a limb and say have those sort of superstar vibes from a coach very often, if ever, but seeing a coach up close and personal like this on the hoops level, I've just never quite seen anything like it. And as you can tell, I'm, I'm over the moon with it and hopefully it all just keeps going this way and we can just keep Dennis Gates happy because as you can tell, I'm pretty happy with the guy, but Hey, hopefully you've been happy with this edition of the podcast and hopefully I can keep you happy with all my Missouri football opinions as we get through fall camp here. It's here folks. Can't you smell it? The grass is getting cut. The lines are getting painted. We're almost there. I cannot wait for football. So thanks again for listening. As always, I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Mizzou.